Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, or almost anywhere you get your podcast. Our number one goal, I always like to kind of put this up front, our number one goal is to encourage radio pros at all levels. So if you're into that, you have found yourself in the right spot. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know that we drop a fresh weekly episode uh, featuring a radio pro working right now in radio, usually across the United States or Canada, each Sunday. As we say on a regular weekly event to enjoy our podcast, all you have to be is interested in others and, of course, be open to encouragement, advice, connections, tools to get ahead and ways to make your radio career more profitable and successful. We're also home of a special quarterly radio sales exclusive event designed to, get this, help local sellers get more sales out of each coming quarter. This is the advertising business. What could be better than having the encouragers rally your sellers to grow more revenue? My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works, or what we call ourselves, RPC. Our practice is an actual multiplier, helping local radio generate higher ratings and higher revenue. And that means that we work on helping our clients with the revenue side, too. Ideas are the new technology. Where do your ideas come from? Reach out anytime to see how we create opportunity revenue for our clients. We can help you schedule a meetup by email. It's so easy. Uh, first consultation is free. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We're just a moment away from welcoming Monica Workman McLaughlin. She's the midday radio host on 99.9 Kona Country and morning show personality on 99.5 The Drive on the Fan Sports Network from Canyon Media in St. George, Utah. Now, listen, a big thank you for our podcast goes to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which is available uh, and will be available minutes after we record our live interview every Sunday on our social media and also on our podcast itself. And a thank you to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and Just Joe production for uh, JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. By the way, we are here for our podcast events. Um, but listen, uh, we want you to know that while we have 100 plus interview based episodes with radio pros from all over in our archives, we also have over 750 articles on our site, RainmakerPathway.com, and we don't hide anything on our site. So you literally can find encouragement for morning shows, sales managers, on-air talent of all kinds, salespeople, market managers, and local radio station owners. We believe in the power of local radio today and the importance of sharing the 21st century radio story with advertisers, community, and thought leaders today. See what you can get for free from our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com, including our Encouraging Sales Success Series and our More Than Live and, and Local Series as well. Now, of course, 
Uh, let's see what we can learn from this week's guest, Monica. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Excited to be on here joining you today. I think you know that I've been looking forward to this because you're so positive. If you look at anything in your social media, it's so positive. And I'm like, I wonder if she's really like that. I wonder if she's really like that. And I can tell you from our pre-interview time together, yes, she's really like that. Tell us about you and how you grew up. And are you from a radio family? What did your parents do for work? Oh, this is this is fun. I um I grew up in Houston, Texas, first of all. So I'm far from home for now in Southern Utah. But growing up, um, I'm I'm from a radio family per se. Definitely grew up with the radio on all the time in the car. And that's because I'm from a music family. So my dad, he is a drummer. He's also a chiropractor and he writes about drummers injuries. And so he's done great works with that. And then my mom is a singer and she's, you know, got her degree in, in singing and that kind of stuff. So I grew up with music in my life and the radio was always on. That's just how we ran things. Um, so I, I actually remember listening in Houston, Texas, if anybody from there knows, uh, KRBE was my go to station 104 KRBE was the one I would always listen to there. And I was that kid that would put a tape player or tape in my tape player, run the radio and press play on the songs I liked and then pause until the next one I liked came on. I basically started my own mixtapes on the radio stations. That's kind of like that's old school. You know, I don't know that anybody would think to do that today. Tell yeah. us this. I, you know, we always like to focus on different aspects of people's lives before we get into the radio thing itself a little bit. Tell us about your time at Southern Utah University. What was the goal, your goal there? And what did you learn at college? Um, and so Southern Utah University is kind of a smaller, smaller campus. The only reason I knew about it is because my parents owned property in Little Cedar City. And so we'd visit every summer and that that's a campus town. It's a great city. And so I, I learned to love the campus. I also had free housing because they owned some student housing there. And it was uh, it wasn't extremely hard to get into. I, I'm a lazy person. I have really good grades. And I just applied out of Houston and thought, I want to go to Utah. I am of the Latter-day Saint Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I'm a Mormon and I kind of wanted to be around more people like me, I guess you'd say. And I knew I could find that in Utah. A lot of people know that about Utah. And so my goal was to go to Southern Utah University. And I love it there. It's a it's about 7,000 students on campus and mm. very cozy. The, that's the vibe you get when you get there. The weather's amazing. The grass is so green. It gets very cold and snows, but then it stops. And so Cedar City had a good pull for me. I get on campus um, and you go into college, you're like, I'm going to do this degree. That's my goal. And you get there and you change it five times if you are me. <laughs> so I did. A, a lot of people have done that, right? Yes, I hope so. Because I definitely yes. felt like I was juggling five different rotations. Right, right. And so oh, what yeah. did you what did you ultimately switch to? And what did you get from it? Um, when I walked into campus, I thought I'm going to be a teacher. That was a good little goal there. But I got there. And of course, I'm turning on the radio station, find the local campus station, which is uh, Power 91. And I'm listening. And to be very honest, I thought the girl on the morning show was terrible. 
And and it's hard being in radio if you're a female. Females judge females very hard. And that's something you kind of learn as you go. But I was listening to her and I was like, homegirl's terrible. She needs to go. So I, I walk into the radio station on campus and I said, hey, um, your girl on the morning show is not good. Can I replace her? And they said, well, actually, she is graduating this year. If you want to jump in. Yeah, you're welcome to. So they put me on the morning show with these two guys. It was as easy as that. You know, it's campus life. So the opportunities are abounding. So I jumped on. Did you find it to be easy when you joined that show? I, for me, with my personality, with the way I am, yes. For me, it is easy to walk into a room and jump on and just talk whatever with the people in that room. That's kind of the things I thrive on. And the guys that were in there, it's funny, one was pre-medical and the other one was pre-law and they were just fulfilling a communications, you know, part of their degree that they needed to have or whatever it was. Um, So they were kind of just there for the moment, but we had so much fun together and that spun the show. Then as you go through time on campus, they shift the people around. I stayed on, brought in another guy and him and I just took it home for the next like two or three years. We just had a great time on there. So you cut your teeth during this time. And Mm -hmm. then this is what I find fascinating about you. And you'll, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. I do research, but you know, sometimes things turn out differently than what you can find digitally. You earned your degree and you went to work teaching. Is that right? Yeah, I loved doing radio. I was like, this is my wheelhouse. I learned what not to do on the, you know, like, don't say this. Do you say that kind of a things? But then I think at one point, I think it was like my parents or somebody was like, you can't, you can't make money in communications. You need to get a degree where you're making money. And if it, you know, parents say that because they don't want to see their kids leave campus and not have anything come out of it. Right. So it's like, oh, okay. So I said, all right, I'll just go be a a doctor. That sounds easy. I'll just go be a doctor. Who even, who says those things? So I switch to the science building, to the other end of campus, drop radio, don't have time to do both, go and make the switch, get all of these science, science credits going through. And then I realized there is no way I am taking an MCAT ever, never. Like I'm not going to take that test. So here I am. No, no, wait, you were a good student. Yes. Yeah. But I'm a lazy student. If it's too hard, I'm going to stop. Oh, my. (laughs) Okay, so you saw that as your exit from this stage left, right? Yes. But I sat here with all these science credits at this point. What do I do with those? And I had a girlfriend tell me, well, I'm going to be a science teacher. You could just go do that. And you don't have to take the MCAT to do that. So there was my exit, went and did it, became a high school biology teacher, finished out, got the degree. I taught for half a year in Florida. And that was the end of my teaching. (laughs) We had to move, but that was the end of it. Now, did you enjoy teaching? I loved it. I taught at a school in Florida. It's a, it was a, um, a school for definitely people that were not well off. And a lot of the kids went home and took care of their siblings all day long. Uh, next door was the soup kitchen. It was the most, those are the children when you teach that you get, they are the most real amazing people that you get to be around. And they look at you as somebody that's stable in their life. So I had some amazing experiences there. Loved it. Wouldn't have gone back. Very interesting. Wouldn't have have not done that experience for sure. I loved it. Great town. And the only thing that disrupted this is that you had to move. Now, were you 
married at this point or not married or yeah florida my husband did his grad school in florida and so then his first job sent us to pittsburgh <laughs> of course so i think this is a good time you know if you're going to move to pittsburgh this is a great time to interject so you don't have a background personality i do not get the impression <laughs> that you were afraid of new challenges and you don't at all seem like an introvert am i reading the room right <laughs> This is very accurate. This Excellent. is accurate. You can ask any of my teachers from kindergarten until I finished. Their main thing they always had to ask me was to please stop talking. <laughs> I think that's one of the keys, right? It's like uh, you belong over here with this tribe. Yes. So let's let's talk about how you started with ninety nine point nine Pony Country. That one, yeah. So I, I didn't end up jumping into radio in Pittsburgh. I was a big fan of Froggy, got to listen to a lot of good stations out there, which I love. I always find myself, get in the car. I'm a lazy person. I'd rather just let the radio tell me what would be good to hear at the time. You know, and I love the talk and I love the music. So when we left Pittsburgh, we came back to Southern Utah and I just felt that pull to go back to radio. That was where I was, at, you know, at, at Southern Utah University decade mm. before and so we we moved to saint george uh and this town's about two hours from las vegas very desert town um and i just thought i want to get back in radio i miss it you know i did the mom thing i had two kids raised my girls they were all in school at this point and i was like okay so what do i want to do now which a lot of moms find themselves asking that question when you no longer have littles at home with you so right this is where moms kind of find themselves again. And I realized I miss doing radio. So I walked in to a radio company. It's called Canyon Media. They own about seven. Well, they own about seven or eight stations um, here in town. And I walked in and I just said, hey, what's a girl got to do to get on the radio station? <laughs> and they hmm. said, I'm talking to the secretary and she's like, um, let me give you some email addresses and you can contact these people. As I'm standing there talking to her. The general manager walks out of his office. A few other of the sales reps walk out. A few DJs are kind of walking through. Um, and there's their GM says, well, what's your what's your what's your background? Do you have anything you can show us or let us listen to? And I said, mm, no, not for the last like decade that you'd probably be interested in hearing. And mm -hmm. So he pulls Marty. He's a, the he's in charge of the Coney Country Station on the morning show. And Marty happened to walk up and he said, Marty, take her back and have her record a commercial for us. And let's take a listen. Let's see what we can do with her. And so I go back and I record this commercial with Marty real quick. And he gives me a few pointers, gets me back in the game, kind of a pointers. And and then I record it. And the next thing I know, they're calling me and they're like, yeah, we want you on. Let's bring you in. At the same time, I had actually also walked into another, our competitor, turns out, I was new to the town, so I didn't know this, but the competitor right. across the street, Cherry Creek, and they were talking to me as well. And I was talking to Dale Desmond there, and he was just like, yeah, we'd love to have you on. Same kind of process. Like, what have you done lately? Nothing. Okay, well, let's hear what you sound like. And same kind of process. Next thing I know, it's kind of going back and forth between the two. And I ultimately ended up jumping in with Canyon Media. Well, and listen, that's tough because I know Dale. Dale is a very nice guy. Very I'm nice sure guy. You, I'm sure you had trouble between those two. You're like, eh, what do I do? Absolutely. It was both good, both what I wanted to be doing. Both of them had good opportunities. And so, um, yeah, the one that I went with kind of was Canyon Media kind of had a more more ready now opportunity. And so that's where that's the boat I jumped into. Well, let's talk about this. 
Because, I mean, look, you're living in Utah. You've got the church connection, right? Yeah. Uh, do you love country music? <laughs> is country music, is me. that a great hang for you? I, growing up in Texas, yes. Love country music. One of my first concerts, Kenny Chesney at the rodeo. You know, the Houston, one of the biggest rodeos. Oh, yes. Rich. And so, yeah, I love country music, but I'm a girl of all flavors. I grew up listening to my dad play the drums to classic rock songs all the time, you know? And so I love classic rock. Both my parents were in jazz bands. I love jazz music. I'm an elevator music kind of girl, you know? And, and then of course I love what's happening now on radio with pop music. And so they asked me, they're like, listen, we have all these radio stations, which one is like your preference of music. And I told them, I'd love to be on your country station, mostly because I can say all those names. <laughs> I don't, mm. when you get to the pop stations, you're like, what is this Do Doja cat? Okay. You know, like trying to say that some different things happening over there. Right. Yes. So, so listen, would you consider yourself to be active in the country lifestyle? If so, can you describe that for us a little bit? Um, yes, I am active, especially if it comes to, you know, keeping up on what they've got going on. I love the voice. So I'm a big Blake Shelton fan, sad to see him go kind of thing. Um, I love uh, the concerts that they put on. I go out to, you know, they've got um, the country fan fest over here in Tooele. I'll travel to go see a good show. I think I really enjoy the lifestyle they portray. They're very family oriented. Most of these country artists you'll find and and a lot of them tend to be, you know, Christian and, and they all sing about God and family. And, and that's the kind of stuff I relate to. And that's where you usually find yourself in music is whatever seems to be more relatable to you personally. And I'm, am I misunderstanding you and your husband dance also? Is that country line dancing? What is that? <laughs> you must have seen some of my social media. Yes, we also dance. I am a, a country swing is oh, so fun for me. And he is a good sport about it because he he comes along knowing that it's something I love and he puts his heart into it as well. And if you've seen some of the videos on my social media, he's given it his best. He pulls out some good stuff. He surprises me at those uh, those country dance nights. Well, and it's good to have a husband who is a cooperator, right? <laughs> yes, he does. the right, so, before, So that's good. So listen, I, I, I don't think we can let you quite escape without explaining the sports connection. Can you talk about you and sports? Because we're going to go in a, a particular direction here. I don't want you to go too far in that direction yet, but I want to know about you and sports. <laughs> sports is funny for me because um, my husband is a huge sports fanatic. He loves it. It's like me with radio. It's him with sports. He wants to know what's going on with it. He's happy to like read it, talk about it. And he's very good at all sports all, all over, which is hard for me because I'm competitive and I just decide not to compete with him anymore. But he Ooh. will all our marriage long. He'll like talk to me about players and different teams. And, oh, my gosh, can you believe this and that and the other? And and some of the stuff I'm like I'm involved in. I love the Cowboys. I grew up with the Houston Rockets. He's a jazz fan. So that's hard for us there, you know, but other things like that. And so I'll listen to some of the things he says, but before I jumped in with sports, the other stuff he'd say would kind of go out the ear. It's like me being a good wife listening. Okay. But like, you know, I don't really care about this game. I'm more here to sit and eat the snacks that we made and sit by you on the couch while you watch this game. So that was the extent of my sports before the station. Okay. Now tell us the story of the sports fan network and how you got involved. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of another one of those same things. Like 
like I said, they're a sister station with us at Canyon Media. We built mm-hmm. that station uh, about a year ago, and it's doing so great. Uh, we pulled on uh, Devin Dixon, a very great personality here in Southern Utah. And at one point I was talking to Devin, you know, we're in the same building and we're jiving. And I was just like, Devin, do you want a female personality on your show? And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. I was like, do you want something like kind of like joy with the sports station that she works with, how she works with on sports? And he's like, that would be excellent. And I was talking to my GM about it as well. And he really liked that idea. He's a big sports fan as well. And so I told Devin, listen, I want to be on your morning show with you, but please kick me off at any point in time where you feel like this is not going to work, but know that I'm going to give it my best. And I want to jump in with y'all as just kind of as a mediator, if you need me to. And I don't know everything about these guys. I can't say their names half the time I say it wrong. And the guys laugh at me and we have a good jive about that. But yeah, I just kind of walked into that one too. And he said, we'd love to have you jump in. Let's do this. It's so interesting. You've got these two divergent roles. Which role do you like better? Your work on 99.9 Kona Country or your work on 99.5 The the Fan Sports Network? They it's got to be different, right? Yes, that is exactly right. For two reasons, like they're both good. One, I'm a midday show host on Coney Country. So I am talking to four walls and that's it. And I'm praying that somebody's out there listening, right? It's one of those things that midday show hosts just know so well that you're hopefully somebody's there being in tune with you. And that is good because you get your own show. You can organize it how you want. You do your spots. You you don't have anybody kind of like jiving back and forth, but it is nice to tell your stories. A lot less intimidating, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, it's your show to run morning show, totally different, much more. I'd say my scene because I love the the talking back and forth is something I feed off of. There's a chemical that goes back and forth in conversation. And that's why women love to talk so much is they receive and give this chemical that builds inside of them. And that's just science behind it. But on top of that, I love the conversation. I'm not talking to four walls in, in a sports morning show. You got the guys in there. You got the different dynamics you can drive home. You've got the, you know, like kind of poking at each other, but also knowing at the end of the show, we are all still friends kind of thing. And that's the part that I just get to experience starting this year. It started in January with them that I was like, oh man, I've been missing this part of radio because I've been doing the midday for the last four years. So now I'm feeling all-encompassing with both. It's got to be really great to expand into that role. And now you have these two different worlds, if you will, that have got to be great for the, let's call you not introvert. Let's (laughs) talk about another area. How involved are you in social media? I see your social media post. Tell me about that for you. Social media is funny because I kind of lived in the world. um, So I'm in my mid thirties. And so if you're, you know, if you're like me, you know, we kind of experienced both worlds. We started out with no social media. Then we jumped into the MySpace. Then we jumped into what we see now today. And so we've had it without and with, and I'm one of those people that stuck with the like, oh, I hate having to do this. I don't want to be like addicted to it. I don't want to have to like wonder about it or check in or who's looking and who sees my post. I hate that feeling that's behind it. Um, But at the same time with the world that we do with radio, you know, we, we are, we are trying to broaden our horizon and also be a part of social media as well and put our radio reach out into social media, which is showing great results, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of fighting myself there where 
I don't want it. I don't want the temptation of being involved in social media, but when you do it and you put your posts out there, you're like, okay, I can fit this part into my life and be okay with it. It's have not, you started to enjoy it? I have. I've started to enjoy it, but it's one of those things where I, I try to, I try to discipline myself with it. I don't want to be diving deep into it where it just, it takes over all my thoughts and, and I got to make sure I get people following me and watching and doing I try to discipline with it, you know. All right. So, look, this is a great place to talk about this. I wonder if you might have some tips for others on how you found it helpful getting attention and sharing value in social media related to the brands that you work on, because you've got more than one. Okay. And and also, how do you manage that discipline so it doesn't take over your life? That's that's such a great point. I mean, the thing I love with the social media is that growing up with radio, you never really saw the broadcasters faces as much back when I was listening, right? They were kind of a mystery. Yeah. And then coming full circle all the way to social media, all of a sudden you're seeing their faces and you're watching them interact with each other. And it's this different experience. That's also really cool to watch as well. Cause they are dynamic people. You know, we are the ones that want to put on a show for you, whether it's over the airwaves with our voice, painting a picture or actually giving you that picture with us interacting together in our dynamics. Um, on so, video. so talk about some tips in terms of maybe how you've gotten interaction with people, how you get engagement and how you use that discipline to not let it take you over. Yeah. The one thing I've realized and definitely been taught and talked with other um, senior radio people as well. Don't don't let your clips be long. I think that's the part where people tend to go away from what you've got. I like to pull out short things that are just quick, maybe a tidbit. And everything that I post is something that I know that I would probably want to see as the person following or watching. Like today, the other day this week, I posted a quick like 30 seconds. If you are going to Florida and you are going to go get in the water, one thing that popped up with research is that if you don't want to be bit by a shark, avoid being in the water from, you know, like, what was it? Noon to two or two to something and 11 to noon, something random like that. And that was it. But I'm definitely afraid of sharks and I'm terrified of getting eaten by one. And so that little tidbit was like, there you go. No, I just feel like you're sharing that just because you know, I'm in Florida (laughs) and that I could be eaten by a shark. I did not know this. So now I've got this timing thing down. That's really good. So listen, do you have a mentor today in this business or in your personal life? We always like to, you know, we are always probing these questions. So if you can share, if, if you do have a mentor, a story of how they may have changed something about your life. Um, well, I do. I definitely stepped into this here in Southern Utah. And after um, meeting Dale Desmond, even though I didn't work with him in his company, him and I have stayed in contact and he has been mentoring me um, through the airwaves, he would text me on my show. You know, I do a show and then he texts me there and be like, that was a really good bit that you did next time. Try and swing it this way. And then it'll do this effect that you're looking for, you know, little things like that. And him and I have continued to meet and talk and he has helped me grow and understand what radio world really looks like. And the dynamics outside of just being on your show and um, with the many years of experience he's had, I've also had other uh, program directors come in and out of my station as we've had, you know, turnover or those that are senior that leave. And, you know, one of them, Carl Lamar, and he has taught me the old school ways of radio that I love learning about, you know, the way things used to be and how that makes it how it is today. And he'll help me run my show that way. 
Um, but it's mentors like that, that I kind of cling on to the ones that just know radio and broadcasting inside and out, you know, maybe they've got the connections that they can help you make or the teaching things that the mistakes they made that they're like, listen, you're going to go, you're going to stay live and you're going to forget to turn off that live button. And you're going to say some pretty stupid things while you're still thinking you're off the air. And they're like, I did the same thing. Don't worry. It's time when, you know, little things like that are the things that I enjoy with the mentors that I have. Really good to learn from the history of our business and live in the 21st century. Cause that's really, that's how to be successful in our business, understanding where it came from, but how to use it today. Right. Absolutely. You don't want to just kick away those things and be like, well, it's not like that anymore. It, it grew how it is because of those reasons. Exactly. That's right. So listen, what advice do you have for somebody who will listen to this episode and look, there will be a young, young lady that listens to this and go, I want to be like her. I want to have the guts to walk <laughs> in and say, I can do this. What do I have to do to get a job here? What kind of advice do you have for, for that type of person? This is, I mean, a lot of it, you notice it comes with, you know, different personalities go in different directions. But the thing that I've learned is that it never hurts to step put your foot in the door. It never hurts to just walk in and say, Hey, do you have a spot for me? It never hurts to ask. And that's something I've learned. What's the worst that can happen? They say, no. Okay. That wasn't so bad, you know? And so I've learned through time. Yeah. I've been said no to, and, and that's okay. But you've, you realize the more you step out and, and like put yourself out there, the more yeses you see exist in life versus staying where you are and thinking, gosh, I would love to do that, but I probably won't be able to. And I'll probably run into this wall and that wall and this wall. And so you never do. That is the wrong way to think. Just step out, put yourself out there and decide, I'm gonna give it a shot. What's the worst that can happen? So if they say no, who cares? Who cares? On to the next, right? You don't Absolutely. need everyone's job. You just want a job. Absolutely. And I think that something that goes underrated is the amount of confidence you exude because now I hadn't done radio for a decade, but I walked in there like, I'm ready to do it now. I'm not sure what I remember, but I know I can do a good job. I just need people to train me again. And that's all it took. That confidence, I think, exudes and people pick up on it and then they trust you. Like, okay, I trust that you do want to go places with this and we can help you get there. Absolutely. And is that confidence, is that easier for you because you are an extrovert or do you think, does that come from your parents? Where does that come from? <laughs> Probably all of the above. A lot of trial error too. You know, as a kid, everybody's got their kids stories or their middle school grievances, you know, or all those times where you were kind of like shut down or embarrassed and, and you choose which way you want to grow with it. And I think I chose to grow positively with those experiences and, and, uh, try and, um, let my real personality come through. And you'll find that as you do that, your real personality, the real things you like, the right people will come and circle around you. And then they'll help you put you in the places that you should be for how you are. That's right. And look, you're willing to step out and do something that may not be in the perfect wheelhouse for you. And I'm just going to go back to this example with the sports and I'm going to put a twist on it <laughs> and ask this question. You are with a sports fanatic as a husband. Absolutely. You've been married for a long time now, relatively. 
And does he listen to you on the morning show and go, hey, you know, try this or do this or here's some stuff for you to think about? Does he do that or does he just how what's his reaction? Absolutely. As far as content mentors go outside of radio experiences, my husband is the best sports content mentor because he has been listening to sports radio his whole life. He has heard jo- like jocks, you know, the broadcasters, the female voices, the, the content they bring. And he helps coach me because I say to him, listen, I don't want to be that annoying girl on the sports station. I don't want to be the female voice that guys are like, get her off of here, you know? And he helps me so much after every show. He builds my content with me. First of all, he's my unpaid intern. He's nice. Yeah. Yeah. He is the one that is helping me come through. He helps me say the names right before I get on the air of these athletes, but he'll, he'll build my content with me. And then afterwards, he's the one I call and I just decompose the show with him. And I'm like, what did you this like? This gives you lots to talk about as husband and wife oh, too, right? He loves it. He, this is his bragging point for our marriage. He loves it. My wife, she's on a sports station and he gets to listen to stuff. He already is going to be listening to with me involved. It's you. But it's you. <laughs> All right. Exactly. So country and sports, are there other goals for you as a broadcaster for your broadcast career or do you have a bucket list for the future all all of the above i want to go as far as i can i love my space at middays i love my spot on sports but i want to do it all i'm the person that wants to know the inner workings of the whole operation i would go left right up down doesn't matter i love music as a whole you know, whichever way that could go. I went to the country radio seminar in Tennessee this year for the first time and Mm -hmm. just all the inner workings that go behind, you know, as far as like, even with the artists themselves and the different, um, the different networkings that go along with that, the way that we work with all of the companies that provide us with what we have on radio. I mean, I want to know. Listen, country radio seminar is one of the greatest experiences. I, you know, this is for anybody who is a manager, an owner, somebody who is up high in the, in whatever company you're in, sending your people to CRS is a huge deal. It gives them a great education. Would you not agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, The education, the networking that you would never believe the people you would rub shoulders with by showing up there. And like I said, the education behind it, uh, my mind was blown because I'm still kind of, I feel like I'm still new to all of this industry that I was still learning how it works. And that was just like a, a semester of college in three days. It was amazing. And you come back and the stuff that you can bring back to your company, to your station after being there is so useful, I I think. All right. So finally, we call this next question the price for doing our interview episode. Nobody knows the future. So I like to kind of pull the parachute and let you know you're not going to drop to the ground too fast here. <laughs> but that doesn't stop us from asking our guest, what do you think the future of radio looks like or what do you think you would like to see the future of radio look like? This is an interesting question. And especially, you know, at the country radio seminar, we talk a lot about this, about where's radio going and we want to keep it alive. And what do we need to do to stay, stay, um, you know, stay with it and how things are kind of changing and jiving with music as well. I, 
nobody wants to say, you know, radio is going to die. Look, we're moving to streaming, whatever. You know, that does not exist for me in my mind. Radio isn't always will be around alive and well to me. Um, the way it might look could change. I find myself in a middle middle ground of the way radio is. I I love I love the way talk is on radio, but then people say, well, that just leans into podcasts. You know, why don't you just go podcast? But but then I love the music that radio offers, but then, oh, why don't you just lean into streaming your music through different platforms? I feel like radio is that perfect middle child where you get the best of both worlds. And at the same time, it keeps you connected to just history, you know, the way it's been and it always will be kind of a thing, but we still adapt and mold as the world turns kind of as well. And so, you know, I mean, Lloyd, what are you like, what do you see as this kind of goes? It's it's kind of a taboo question in the world of radio. Oh, no. Listen, radio is its own entity. If you have to look, boy, that's a whole nother podcast. Right. So, you know, you get into questions like, hey, man, shouldn't we be more like Spotify? Well, Spotify doesn't make a profit. So that's bad. I don't think you, <laughs> I don't think you want to I don't think you want to go, man, I'd like to be like them. No, I wouldn't like to be like them. Local radio is connection to the ground. It's trust. It's companionship. These are the best things that we do. It is not like Spotify. It is not like a podcast. That, that's not what we're doing here. This is has a whole different connection with the local ground. And by the way, sometimes that goes when you have a syndicated personality, too. So it's complex. Listen, I want to thank you for spending this time with us. It's been great just to hang out with you for a little bit. Thank you. You too, Lloyd. Please don't take uh, for granted what we're doing here. Uh, Help us by sharing this episode from our website directly. You can do that at RainmakerPathway.com in the free blog section and sharing it with others who are interested in growing their career in radio and audio is kind of an important thing for them as you pass this on to other people, because our episodes involve really great people like Monica today, uh, but all different kinds of people in all different walks of the radio business, rainmakerpathway.com, the free blog section. You can share with anybody that you think is interested in radio, especially those who are actively doing it. This episode of the encouragers, the radio rally podcast is designed like the 100 plus others already in our archive to encourage radio pros at all levels. Don't miss our special upcoming episode focused on chat GPT and the AI century. It's coming up on June 14th, right here on the encouragers, the radio rally podcast. I will be joined by Mike McVeigh and Fred Jacobs. We will talk about if AI is going to take your job in the radio business, what you can expect from forward-leaning AI in the future, June 14th. Want to know what's going on? Subscribers to our podcast will simply see this special episode pop right up on your smartphone. Of course, we want to thank our special guest today, Monica Workman McLaughlin. She's the midday host uh, for 99 99- Point nine Kona Country and the Morning Show personality, a co-host along with two other gentlemen on 99.5 The Drive on the Fan Sports Network from Canyon Media in St. George, Utah. So if you're going through, you know where to find her. 
A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which uh, is always available minutes or sooner after the completion of this interview every Sunday. A thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in radio and audio. Subscribe for free on Apple, Audible, Spotify, or almost anywhere you get your podcast. If you don't remember anything else, please remember, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers. Now, go make it a great week in radio.